0: Good afternoon and welcome into "Hate the Player, Not the Game," live on KCU 88.1 FM. I am, as always, and as always will be Lucas Owens here on a very sunny Thursday in Columbia, Missouri, at 2:07 p.m. Got a fair bit to talk about. Going to briefly discuss a big thing that's happening in the NCAA right now. Then, you know, we gotta. Got to do ceiling signs. A big week in MLB action. We had a few no hitters and uh, some wild things going on regarding standings and, you know, how games are playing out. Doubleheaders already. You know, this year is going to be pretty different from last year, even though, you know, last year was different than every year. It's still not normal. Um, Jackie Robinson Day today as well. So, going to be looking into the celebrations around that, and then uh, looking in the general direction of the NBA, got a little bit of a different take on it this week for you, but first off, let's discuss, uh, let's discuss something big happening in college sports, not just college football, not just college basketball, but college sports as a whole. Um, the NCAA Division Council has uh, approved the one-time transfer rule for athletes in all sports. So basically what this means is, it's been well accepted by now, but unless you're grad transferring or you're getting a waiver, you need to have that, uh, you need to sit out a year. But now with this rule, you can just transfer one time and immediately play at the next school. So we were kind of seeing this starting to be eroded at the last few years. I know specifically um, Justin Fields, when he went to Ohio State from Georgia, he did not have to sit out a year because he got a waiver pretty easily. We're starting to see stuff like that happening. Um, it felt like this was where it was always going to head. Um, so, I mean, I just think this is probably the best move all around for uh, for uh, players, first off. And program, somewhat it hurts. But in some respects, like, it's just going to contribute to players having more of an option. Uh, But it certainly brings in some interesting things happening for specifically college basketball. Because I saw a stat a few days ago, college basketball, there are 83 teams in the Power 6, which is Power 6 is Pac-12. Big 12, Big 10, SEC, ACC, and for basketball, it's Big East, even though I will not really factor them in with the top five. Um, but 83 out of 86 teams have somebody transferring out in the transfer portal. So, this I mean, this year is just different because we have the extra year of eligibility and we have some other things going on, you know, wink, wink, a pandemic, that really created an environment where you have some players that want to transfer out for playing time. You want some players that want to transfer out to be closer to home. You have some players that want to transfer out because they just can't take being where they are anymore. Um, So it's just, and you also have a lot of players that are transferring out because the opportunities that once were at their schools are not there anymore, because all of a sudden everybody has an extra year of eligibility. So really, this is just this is just a natural thing. I think the NCAA should have done to uh, really alleviate the harm done by the uh, extra year of eligibility for all spring sport athletes last year, and then all athletes this year. I believe spring sport athletes get yet another this year. I'm not totally sure, but that extra year of eligibility really threw a wrench in some of these plans. Um, Looking back on it, I'm not sure the extra year of eligibility was the smartest move by the NCAA, but it was a move that they made. Um, But this is going to, this is going to be interesting because now, now, uh, now what's set up this year is going to be able to happen Multiple years in a row. Um, I mean, we're seeing it with Mizzou right now, specifically Mizzou basketball, where the whole team is transferring out now, or they're uh, going to the draft. So you're just having a huge amount of turnover. And I get that fans don't like it, but like, if I were to say right now, like, drop everything, I want to transfer to Cal State Northridge. I don't know why, I don't know how. I just want to transfer there. I could, and I could start everything that I'm doing now. Cal State North Trace. If you're an athlete before this, you couldn't do that. You had to get a waiver or you had to sit out a year in uh, a year against your eligibility in sports. So really, I just think this was a common sense move that I really never got while I was in the place in the first place. So, you know, things just kind of have returned to Will not return, but I think they have gone to where I think they should be. This is going to make things chaotic, and I understand it from a fan's perspective that they don't like it, but really college sports as a whole is, I mean, it's for the fans too, but first and foremost, it is for the athletes, the student athletes um, and their families. So really allowing this opportunity for them, I think, is, is smart. I think it is definitely something. That should have happened, but it's getting a lot of backlash. I understand it, but um, I think it—I uh, think it's right. But uh, that's all I have to talk about this for college sports this time. I know it's a very quick segment. Make it up to you though, because ceiling signs—ooh, that's going to be a long one. But uh, make sure to stay tuned for that after the break. Thank you for listening. To hate the player, not the game. Uh-oh we talk about it. I've got to go home. Oh, come on, Carrie. We're don't going to a new place. I she wants to go home, right? <laughs> Let's go. Whoa. You okay to drive? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. You oh, sure? Relax. What's a few beers? If you don't stop your friend from drinking and driving, you're as good as dead. Drinking and driving can kill. Welcome back to Hate the Player, Not the Game, live on KCU 88.1 FM. It's very toasty in this room, but it's cold in my heart. Let's get into some ceiling signs. <laughs> Joe Musgrove threw a no-hitter. This is what I love about having a weekly show, is that uh, I get to talk about topics that happened a full seven days ago because it happened the night after my show. So, you know, Joe Musgrove... <sighs> honestly it's really joe musgrove of course is important to it but it's really about the padres uh you know the padres not having a no-hitter up to this point i honestly liked it just to make fun of the padres of course i'm a giants fan so that's not too surprising but uh it was a pretty dominating performance like joe musgrove uh globe life field i think is what they're calling the new stadium i forget which one is field and which one is park but um yeah, it was a great performance by Musgrove against uh, the Texas Rangers in the Texas rangers own ballpark. So the Texas Rangers now own probably not even the top three most memorable things to happen in that park. Um, and the uh, padres saga against the Texas Rangers continues as, uh, you know, after the uh, four Grand Slams and four games last year. And now... This happening, the Padres really just have it out for the uh, Texas Rangers. Um, but uh, this was a uh, this was a very very strong performance by Joe Musgrove. Not as strong as some performance we'll talk about next. But um, regardless, it's great for him as a. Uh, resident somebody that grew up i shouldn't say resident he's a, everybody is a resident somebody who grew up in joe musgrove uh, in san diego joe musgrove uh getting this no hitter certainly means a lot and uh you know i'm happy for the padres fans and the organization as a whole to finally get that no hitter um something else that happened was yesterday carlos Rodone threw a no hitter against the uh cleveland baseball team um this should have been a perfect game honestly um really and part of the reason i love this sport is just when things happen like a perfect game being blown two outs away by a hit by pitch hitting perez on the toe and just emphasizes my love my deep love for baseball Are moments like that because that was uh that was certainly a moment um But regardless, Carlos Rodone has had a few injuries over the years. Um, You know, they signed him. It's bullpen death, really, Um, the right Sox did. And, uh, you know, he went out there and threw a no-hitter. Probably should have been a perfect game had it not been for uh, one slider that hit somebody in the toe. Uh, So, I mean, I saw some argument that he didn't fully get out of the way. There's no way you can really get out of the way of that. That's a tough pitch to get out of the way of. Also, just don't hit a batter. Um, you know, it's a tough way for a perfect game to go, but he's still got a no-hitter. Uh, you know, the White Sox, of course, got a no-hitter last year with Lucas Cialito. So, um, you know, they're certainly doing a lot there. Maybe Tony Russo was actually the right pick for me. sure. <laughs> After all, who knows? Um, talking about a team, though, that has been... Unlike the White Sox, you are meeting expectations. Talking about a team that is blowing past them right now, the uh, Boston Red Sox. Uh, So, uh, yeah, um, the Twins didn't do too good against them. They're playing the Twins right now, actually. They're losing to the Twins 3-0, so their winning streak might be snapped. They have a nine-game winning streak right now. So after that first series against the Orioles, I, and I assume many others, kind of just believed, like, oh, the Red Sox are going to suck this year. They lost to the Orioles in three games. And then they rattled off nine straight, um, you know, versus the race against the Orioles and against the Twins. So, you know, those aren't bad teams. Well, the Orioles are, but outside of that, those aren't bad teams. Uh, but the Red Sox just are, you know, they're playing good baseball right now. It's not too odd that teams are having these streaks. Uh, I mean, winning streaks just happen in baseball a lot, but definitely it is catapulting the Red Sox to a better spot than I think a lot of people had them at. I still think they're going to be on the fringe of the playoffs, not quite get in, Um, kind of where they've been. Not last year. Last year they were terrible. But uh, the year before that, I think they kind of met that. Um, I wonder if that hot streak on the offense, specifically J.D. Martinez, is going to last. I personally do not think it will, but that's just me and my pessimistic brain. Uh, so, I mean, again, they're probably going to lose that losing streak against Nash Walker or our great sports director's twins today, Um, going on right now. But uh, regardless, um, very impressive for the... First place by three games, Boston Red Sox. The uh, AL East is really struggling right now outside of the Red Sox. Um, You know, New York and Tampa Bay are currently tied with Baltimore. So, maybe Baltimore isn't really that bad. Honestly, at this point, who knows. Um, One thing I really want to talk about, though, is the Giants continuing their hot start. Not quite as good as the Boston Red Sox, but great regardless. So... My San Francisco Giants—you know how much I love talking about them. They are eight and four, currently second in the NLS after the Padres dropped a few games against the Pirates somehow, which uh, really questioning how that team's doing right now. Um, but uh, you know this really just comes down to pitching, um, because the bats have somewhat been there. They've been there when they've needed them, but really. Just has all come down to pitching, because you have the, uh, you have a bunch of games where I believe for a while, from their third game in Seattle against the Mariners, to the second game of the series they just had against the Reds. So you got about what, seven games there. Neither team scored more than four runs, which is crazy in the MLB, but. When you have the starting rotation that the Giants do have, I think it really helps. And when you have the bad bullpen that the Giants have, you really got to rely on that rotation. Because looking at their starters, Gosman had a rough game against the uh, Reds the other day. Still ended up with no decision, though, and the Giants did end up winning that game. But now he has a 3.2 ERA. Johnny Cueto, he has a 1.8 ERA. And, um... You know, really just uh, really great pitching there. Logan Webb is now actually a relief pitcher again. He was, for a brief moment, a uh, a starter in the rotation for the Giants as the three-third pitcher. I believe that's going to Alex Wood now, who will be coming from the alternate site. Uh, Then you have Aaron Sanchez and Anthony DiScafani. DiScafani, specifically, specifically I'll just call him disco from now on because that's what everybody calls him 0.82 ERA in 11 innings great performances uh he will have a game against the Marlins so that will be a good test because the Marlins are hitting well right now um one thing that is worrying Johnny Cueto exits the game last night or yesterday I should say it wasn't in the night um with flat tightness you know he kind of just looked at the dugout said I'm done he walks off, Giants uh, shut out the Reds anyway. That is worrying. <laughs> Very worrying, though, uh, if you're a Giants fan. I think it should be fine. People were really worried about shoulder and elbow. Those are the problem areas for Johnny Cueto. Um, if he is out, I suspect he'll be out for like a start or two. I don't think it'll be any big issues. Just precautionary measures. Um, won't be surprised if he. Uh, you know, felt it tighten up or something after he sprinted down to first base. And that's why we do not like to see pitchers sprint. I like seeing pitchers hit. I don't like to see them run. Running is where they have the problems, really. Hitting, usually they're fine. But uh, that's going to do it for the first part of Ceiling Signs twist here. Come back right after this break. Thank you for listening to Hater Player, Not the Game on KCLU 88.1 FM. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat. Welcome back to Hate the Player Not the Game, specifically Stealing Signs. Let's get into the back half of what I have planned for today. So, moving on to the NL Central, the Cubs cannot not hit 58 hits or something through 12 games. Uh, that is pathetic. <laughs> sure, the Cubs fans at the station will not be happy with that, but they hit the Cubs more than I do. Um, you know, that's less than five hits a game. Um, that's a bad offense. <laughs> and that's funny because, really, when you look at the Cubs, they have a lot of the offense still from when they won that uh, won uh, one championship, um, and you know they're still struggling. I mean, the games that they have won, and they have not won many. They're five and seven. Um, they won three to two over the Brewers one time. They won one game over the Pirates at f- four to two. They won a game against the Brewers at five five to three. Game against the Pirates four to three, and a game against the Pirates five to one. First of all, three of your ones come against the Pirates. That is a little suspect. Um, But also, you know, you got to (laughs) hit. You got to hit the ball. Because, I mean, you can't count on every game being low-scoring. Really, the rotation has been the only thing bailing them out right now. Um, Particularly, Jake Arrieta has been picking up a lot of innings at a somewhat low clip. Um, So, you know, pretty... Pretty good. Um, you know, if they can get their hitting come around, they could be good. But your leading hitter batting average wise is Chris Bryant with batting 243. And after that, it does not get particularly better or not better, but it does, it's a big fall off. That, uh, that is not what you're looking for uh, in terms of an MLB lineup. So the codes need to get that figured out. I'm talking about a team that does have very good starters right now. It's the Milwaukee Brewers. The Milwaukee Brewers, of course, 7-5, and five, uh, for, tied for first in the NL Central. Um, but their starters have really been pitching some great innings. Um, Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff um, have been great. Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta out, out of the bullpen. I mean, Brandon Woodruff... Uh, has been fantastic on the bump. Um, But, yeah, the ERA for most of these pitchers are ridiculously low. Um, So, regardless, the Milwaukee Brewers having a great start to the season. Uh, Jake Debrum, no surprise here, does not get run support. Uh, So, he went through another game where the Mets did not score a single time for him. They actually only gave up one home run, one run, and that was a home run to Josh Hisholm against the, uh, against the Marlins. Gives out that one home run. rest of the game, he pitches like seven innings. Flawless. But that one home run, and then the Mets do not score. Um, so just a little interesting factoid for a team that is somehow first in the NL Central right now. Um, I mean... Very early in the season, they've only played eight games, so... Regardless... Interesting. But I uh, do want to shout out something... Very fun. And that is, today is Shaqie Robinson Day. Today and tomorrow... Really, because you have some teams not playing today because of off days. Thursday's a very traditional off day uh, for a lot of teams during the week. Um, So, it makes sense that they won't be playing today. But they will be celebrating tomorrow, so... Everybody's wearing 42. Love to see it. Love to see that continu- continuing to remember and honor the player to break baseball's color barrier. Uh, moving on, though, Oakland has done better than their 0 5 start, uh, particularly in that they're 5 7 now. Still last in the LS, West, which has been pretty, pretty okay. Um, but, you know, they took two from the Diamondbacks, they took two or three from the Astros. They're on a four-game win streak right now. Um, But they will be playing the red-hot Detroit Tigers tonight. So that should be a very fun game to watch. Especially if you're a fan of either Detroit or Oakland, which I suspect many of the listeners here are not. Still an interesting one to check out if you are able to. But really, this is just about... They started 0-6. Then they've only lost one of the last five. So... They're uh, they're doing pretty good. If only that's one of the last six actually. Um, so the Oakland A's are certainly starting to rebound. Uh, moving on to the other teams in the AL West, the uh, Angels. They might actually do something this year. Might be the year they finally get my Trout into the playoffs again. Shohei Ohtani's going full two-way. You love to see it. Now they just need to trade for a bullpen and some starters, and you know they're set. So much talent in that lineup. No talent in the pen. They need to get something going there. And I think this Angels team can really compete this year. I actually mean that. Uh, the Pirates have pulled some wins over the Padres specifically last night. Um, yeah, so the Padres, they, of course, had that big game. Joe Musgrove gets the uh, gets the no-hitter. You love to see it. Uh, They were doing very good in the NOS. Now they're not even second, mostly because the Giants are in second. Uh, Of course, the NOS, as I like to say, is a never-living hellhole that dreams go to die in if you're not the Padres or the Dodgers. Uh, But the Giants are surviving right now. Diamondbacks and Colorado Rockies are not. Uh, But they were going right hot after that Rangers series, and then they lose two or three. To the Pirates. They're playing the Pirates again today. They are rolling through that one. So they'll split the series with the Pirates. Just always interesting that what's commonly accepted. Is one of the MLB's best teams. In the San Diego Padres. and Struggling against the Pittsburgh Pirates. But talking about standings. I want to quickly go through that. Before I end sealing Signs. On top of the AL East, we have the Boston Red Sox, as I said earlier, red hot right now. On top of the AL Central, a team that I do not have time to talk about, but is doing very good right now, the Kansas City Royals at 6-4. Very impressive. On top of the AL West, we have a tie between the Angels and the Mariners at 7-5. Two teams that are historically disappointments, so that would be fun to see. If uh, both of those teams can compete, at least one of them is going to drop off, and I have a feeling it's going to be the Mariners. <laughs> Um, On top of the NL East, as discussed before, the only team above 500, the New York Mets sits 5-3. They've only played eight games. They're going to have to play some doubleheaders. It's going to be rough. Cincinnati and Milwaukee are tied atop the NL Central at 7-5. Then looking towards the NL West, no surprise here, the Los Angeles Dodgers are on top of 10-2. But looking towards wild card. You have in the AL one of the Angels or Mariners because they're tied for first in the wild card spot, and then you have the Cleveland baseball team in that second spot. But in the NL, we have the San Francisco Giants in the first spot, half a game ahead of the Padres in the second spot. That will soon change because the Padres are about to win a game in uh, in Pittsburgh. Um, And then we have the Cincinnati Reds and Milwaukee Brewers who are both tied for the NL Central. uh, Half a game behind the Padres. Um, This doesn't matter. This is way too early in the season to care anything about this. Just go out there and uh, win some games. (laughs) Winning games is definitely more important to worry about the standings 10 game into the season. Gotta remember things have changed from last year can go back to just worrying about the long game. It's a marathon this year again, which is nice to see. But after the break, going to do a brief discussion about the NBA. Thank you for listening to KCOU 88.1 FM. This has been Hate the Player, Not the Game. If you're interested in building a great career, the Missouri Army National Guard is interested in you. The Guard will pay you to train for a wide range of jobs. Welcome back to Hate the Player, Not the Game. Let's get quickly into looking in the general direction of the NBA. So just want to recap some big stories, trying out a new format for this. So let me know if you have any complaints, as I'm sure many will have. It's just the usual thing, know nothing about the format. But, um... <laughs> We have some big stories from the last week that I want to go over. So, Luka Doncic hits the game winner over the Memphis Grizzlies after the Memphis Grizzlies choke. Uh, poor one out for a one-time show guest, Joe Miller, the only guest to ever grace the show, Joe Miller, um, and his Memphis Grizzlies. I'm sure he is uh, still recovering from that one. Uh, I mean, that's a rough, always rough to uh, lose a game in that fashion, especially because the Grizzlies were going to be in a very good position for playoff time. Um, had they won this one. Uh, regardless. Always tough to lose a game winner. Um, Jamal Murray. Torn ACL and it's knee, going to be out for a long time. That one really sucks. Um, the Nuggets were probably my favorite to come out of the West. Uh, and now they aren't. <laughs> because this really hurts. Um, hopefully he'll be back up to speed at some point next season. Maybe even if he's just able to come in around playoff time, you know, produce a little bit. This is going to be a long journey, though. He's torn ACLs are tough. Um, and this is going to be tough for Jamal Murray as a whole. So, um, I mean, wish the best for him. Uh, Steph Curry passes Will Chamberlain to lead the Warriors all time in points. So, God loves that. Has somebody from the Bay, um. You know, Steph Curry has been producing a lot for a long time, and it's honestly a little surprising when looking back at it that it's taken him this long until you remember how much Will Chamberlain scored. Uh, so, regardless, congratulations. Crazy for him. Uh, Lou Dort scores 42. Um, Lou Dort has always been a fascinating prospect to me because people love him. I've loved him since college. Uh, I have some familial ties to Arizona State. Uh, he played at Arizona State. He was a very pr- pr- profound prospect at Arizona State. He wasn't necessarily the best player, but you could tell there was something different about the way he played, the way he was built, and I think that's why people love him in the NBA now. Just want to take some time to talk about that. Regardless, 42-point game, the Oklahoma City Thunder are playing. Keep playing themselves out of good draft spots. Um I think they're okay with that. Uh, Lakers beat the Nets without any good players. Again, another thing that's been interesting to see. Uh, You know, (laughs) yeah, the Nets. I mean, the Nets are also sending a lot of players out. LaMarcus Aldridge, actually, the big news, just uh, retired today from basketball. Not even have it on the ledger. It's been such breaking news. Um. So, um, I mean, a great career for Michael Gasol, specifically those final appearances. He really showed up in those. So, it sucks to see him have to retire this way, but a regular heartbeat, you completely understand it. Uh, the Western Conference, though, going to be very different. The Eastern Conference, I still think, is going to come down between Philly and Brooklyn. Uh, the Western Conference, I have no idea anymore. Um, I don't know if the Lakers really get back to full health and full performance. Um, I don't know if not how the Nuggets look now that they're down Murray, but they have Gordon now. Uh, I do not know how the Clippers look come playoff time. It's going to be an interesting playoffs. I know I'm just going to say that, and then the Lakers are going to repeat because we are cursed. But uh, that's going to do it for Hate the Player, Not the Game. Thank you for listening. As always, have a great rest of your Thursday. Make sure to stay safe, stay healthy, be nice to each other. Adios.